podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, welcome to this Cricket Badger India vs England daily podcast by the fans for the fans. Virat Kohli's India with Rohit Sharma, Jaspreet Bumrah and Ravi Ashwan and young starlets like Rishabh Pant and Shubman Gill. They play host to Joe Root's England with Jimmy Anderson, Ben Stokes, Stuart Broad and young talents like Ollie Pope and Zach Crawley. It's always England's toughest tour. Good luck to both sides. May the best team win. Hello everybody, welcome along. It's another edition of the Test Daily. I'm James Butler, the Cricket Badger. Looking forward to Wednesday morning when we see the India against England series continue for the third test in Ahmedabad. But today, I'm sparked off by some comments by Dale Stain. And we're going to talk about strength in depth, about how COVID's affecting with the rest and recuperation periods and people dropping out of series, but how that might long-term actually benefit the sides. I'm going to be joined by Neil and Nakhil to talk about this. Sam may be joining us as well a bit later on, but Dale Stain comments were, in his opinion, that the England's rest and rotation, which has been criticised by some people, I think generally speaking on this podcast, we see it as being very much the ECB doing the right thing in terms of getting ahead of people's mental health and looking after the players. But Dale Staines described it as a genius move and he suggests that England are slowly building an army of amazing cricketers. We may criticise it now, but with eight ICC tournaments scheduled, that's maybe debatable because I'm not sure that's quite correct, but scheduled for the next eight years, they really are not going to struggle for international experience when picking teams. Neil, I, off the back of that this morning, picked um, three separate 11s for tests, ODIs and T20 internationals for England. And it literally took me 10 minutes. And you can argue about which column these players should be in. But my test 11 was Burns, Sibley, Crawley, Root, Stokes, Pope, Folks, Best, Leach, Broad, Anderson. No problem with that at all. ODIs, Roy, Bairstow, Hain, Lawrence, Morgan, Billings, Curran, Wokes, Rashid, Stone and Wood. And for the T20 internationals, I gave a debut to Phil Salt, but you could quite easily put Alex Hales in at the top of this one. Salt, Banton, Livingston, Milan, Butler, Moen Alley, Gregory, Curran, Jordan, Archer, Parkinson. For me, Neil... I would not object to any of those three sides running out for England in any of those formats. And it just shows you just how many bases England have got covered at the moment. Absolutely. I think the the bigger sides can definitely put out discrete teams um, for format because they have those resources. It changes a bit when you look at some of the other sides, but actually we've seen due to COVID a team like the West Indies where you wouldn't imagine that they really have a competitive first 11 in test cricket, lost the majority of their players, brought in new guys for Bangladesh and continued to be uh, competitive. I think sometimes we underestimate the depth that teams have. The other thing is I can probably count on my fingers the number of cricketers who would absolutely demand a place in all three formats for their uh, for their team for England you're probably only looking at Archer um, I think there's possibly an argument over Ben Stokes in the T20 side India have got Bumrah and Kohli then Rabada Azam Shaina Freedy Warner that's probably about it you'd, across you'd, the world Josh Butler might object to that he'd probably say he's a, he's a foot in for all three 
my views on uh, him in the test side are well known. Regardless, though, the England are select teaming, aren't they? So they, I think he could be described as an all-format player. I mean, just just going on from the three teams I picked, and I was conscious that I didn't want to d- display too much Yorkshire bias just by picking the entire squad in the reserve list, but I've picked easily 15 players outside of those 33 names that I've already read out there that could quite easily jump into the breach if required too. You could pick easily a fourth 11 for England that wouldn't do England any form of embarrassment knuckle. And A, that again, sort of suggests that, you know, England are doing the right thing in terms of bringing players through at the moment. The Lions are successful and it's a good little production line that England have got going at the moment. It's massive credit to the county game as well, isn't it? Yeah, it is for sure. Um, I think the county game aided by the Lions tours, and we can see this with other nations, how heavily India have resourced their A programme uh, as a as a stepping stone to make that gap between domestic cricket and international cricket smaller and to have players more ready for that. I mean, I'm sure we'll see we'll see probably England investing more in the under nineteen setup over the over the years, I'm sure. Um, as India have done. Both teams have quite clear pathways and very clear selection policies and very clear selection uh, criteria that you have to go through various stages at which you have to impress um and England have this um have a more um a more kind of holistic approach to selection anyway it, it is probably fair to say that that is a secondary benefit of the rotation policy which is primarily based on the welfare of their players at uh, T20 test and ODI level um, it's designed to make sure that they get to the end of this year and yep. none of them are broken down and they're all fit and ready to go and they're all available for England long term and that the duty of care that the ECB have to them as employers uh, is undertaken properly but it does also mean that you get players getting more experience they are further ahead than they might be otherwise blackratcricket.com handmade English willow bats they do have a cashmere range for bats 0 to 4 starter kit all the way to pro level kit they're based in Yorkshire there is team wear available and there is a new signature range coming soon in February Bats made by cricketers for cricketers. Make 2021 count with Black Rat Cricket. Even to the extent, Knuckle, that the squads that they're taking, I mean, not all countries are benefiting from this a little bit, um, that they're taking bigger squads to cover for COVID and the likelihood that, uh, you know, like Moen Ali did in the in Sri Lanka, you know, maybe one or two might go down with COVID and, and then be ruled out for two or three weeks at, at the very least. So taking kind of squads of 22, 25 on tours rather than the usual sort of 15 or 16 is giving the kind of peripheral players a little bit more experience as well. Absolutely, yeah. Experience around the squad or experience around the group, experience of what it means to train at an elite level. You'll also see, and this has already started to happen, A-teams touring with the senior team, so playing a shadow tour. I think India A are coming over this summer when India tour. Australia have done this. England have done this. So I think the days of, you know, Alistair Cook having to fly on whatever, however many flights it was from the West Indies to Nagpur to make his test debut, being called from the Lions last minute, uh, those days are done probably for a little while, possibly possibly forever. Now, Which is a shame, isn't it? Because he did rather well after that long flight. So it'd be <laughs> it's a fun it's a fun story uh, for sure. We when Neil and I were on the other day, we talked about this about this is only possible with a certain level of resource. You can have the the playing resources is is, is all very well, and we've seen you know Neil talked about the West Indies, and you can throw in New Zealand as well, and, and a few other nations that have. 
already there's been some format specialization creep into their selection of squads anyway um, and that is just uh, an inevitable consequence of how difficult it is to be really good at all three formats and how the various challenges of the three formats will lead cricketers to specialize in in different areas but but it but to be able to have the level of resources thrown into the players below the elite level to be able to develop those pathways to be able to fund all of this stuff properly and keep all of these players proper, properly funded and, and at the level that you need them and have all the coaching set up and have all this the extra stuff that makes all of this possible and in some cases frankly to be able to simply fund tours you need that you need those finances what we're in danger of is potentially having you know the gap widening even further between the top and the rest which is something that we all need to be very wary of as, as cricket fans sam's joined us now sam look i mean looking at the three teams i picked and yeah like i say the reserves i could have probably written 40 or 50 reserves on that list i mean they included the likes of alex hales james vince david willie uh, mason crane liam dawson have all got international caps before then there's others like richard gleason tom collard cadmore amar verdi who are knocking on the door in terms of selection in one of the three formats there. The county scene, I know is something, I mean, you watch a lot of county cricket and it gets criticised sometimes, isn't it, for 18 counties and, and not doing a, enough and not kind of maybe wiping its feet financially well enough. But you can't say at the moment that it's not bringing through some serious young talent. I, I remember talking to Sam Northeast, I think probably about a year ago, and he said in his time playing county cricket, he can't remember county cricket producing as much uh, young talent and it being as strong as it is at the, mo- at the moment. So kudos to the counties, I think. Absolutely. And it's wonderful to see, you know, I could read off a whole host of names that aren't even there. Daniel Bell Drummond, top scorer in the, yeah. the T20 class last year. Tom Abel was over with the Lions, didn't get a game. Kola Cadmore, as you said, is playing in the Pakistan Super League. It's just wonderful to see. Like, it really is exciting. And yeah, like, you know, Tom Lamb be scoring hundreds in the Bob Willis Trophy. There's just so many that none of the Essex bowlers get a name name check there Cook and Porter and the academy systems that we've got set up oh, to, to use a cliche bearing fruit it's making the county the, the the strength of the county competition is really high at the moment. And actually, inadvertently, not having the availability of overseas players last summer and potentially this summer might open up even more opportunities. And it certainly did last summer. There were plenty of guys who made their debuts and counties will, even if not that many counties have announced they're bringing people over and logistical difficulties that there might well be. And there will also be a financial aspect. And uh, well, actually, we've got people coming through while would we want to stand in their way so county cricket i hope is thriving if not financially at the moment in terms of talent i really do wish that people cricket fans and i think cricket fans will in this country see that and support county cricket because a strong county game makes a strong england side i know a lot of these guys don't play much county cricket anymore but that is because of the strength below them they've come through the county system and uh, yes we're very lucky to have it this next question we could have a whole podcast on this one subject but I had a little uh, conversation on Twitter with somebody this morning who, who was criticising and I've criticised it in the past the terminology that we sometimes use for the ECB's funding of, of the counties the annual payment is described as a subsidy or a handout it's almost painted as charity by people that are anti the 18 counties but it's their cut isn't it it's because of what we're, we're talking about at the moment that these counties get that funding from the ECB and get that money because you know a lot of the young um, young talent that's coming through it's, they're not necessary from the test match, gra- test match ground Somerset's dear to your heart but you know, even the ones that are the Tom Cole the Cadmores the Don Besses that are currently at 
Yorkshire or, or other test match grounds started somewhere else and started at a, a smaller, in inverted commas, county. So th- this handout, this subsidy, it's their, their fair and proper cut of the work they're doing isn't it completely i'm just running through your test side who have you got zach crawley out at kent ben stokes durham ben folks is an attic boy Besson leach somerset stuart broad leicestershire i know he's at north but not now so you know there's there's half the side come from the but that, that's that stuart broad comment there the that he started with Leicestershire. A lot do, don't they? They start at the so-called smaller counties and then maybe get lured by a test match county for a slightly bigger salary and playing at a, at a bigger club. But they start with the smaller club. Yeah, that's why all 18 are important. They all play a part in the kind of fabric of English cricket. Well, exactly. They, because actually, as brilliant as a club like Surrey is, it can be a very difficult side to get into when they've got, particularly if they've got everyone available and they've got money to throw around. So actually, what is really important important is, is getting games of cricket and it's why I really like you know Leicestershire are exciting this year they've t- they've signed a lot of, of young players and they've also they picked up a lot of young players that maybe have been released by the bigger counties that, mm. because they can't get in like they've had a couple of lads come down from Yorkshire Ed Barnes the bowler and, and Dharma should do the same and it, these guys get experience and if they're good enough you go back to the top. They say it in football, you know, you get Premier League's released some club, uh, some players at the age of 23. They played, all they've ever played is under 23s. They've never played men's football, so in inverted commas, and, and they drop out of the game completely. Whereas actually the ones that drop down, I mean, you're a Leeds man, aren't you? Luke Ayling. Yeah, I was going to say, Luke Ayling's had a really circuitous journey back into the Premier League. I used to watch him when he was 18. He had the right attitude. He went, I want to go and play football. So he went to Yeovil, then up to the Championship in Bristol, with Bristol City, and then Leeds into the Premier League. He, what is he, mid-20s and has probably played a few hundred games. But he, so he's back at that level because he's gone out and learned at so-called lesser sides. And I know that you can't quite make the direct comparison, but I think there is a lot to be said about that. I think it actually teaches a bit of, you a bit about life and you maybe appreciate it more. If you actually come round again and get that success, they probably taste a little bit sweeter, doesn't it? Because you know you've had to put the hard yards in. Badges are furry creatures. 85% of women badges think bad grooming is a major turn-off. 80% of women badges think men should trim below the belt. 89% of men think good grooming is essential to the professional success. Don't just dismiss it out of hand. Get on there, manscaped.com. Check out their great range of male grooming accessories. Hygiene, appearance, attractiveness, confidence. Simply go to manscaped.com. Quote the discount code BADGER. You get 20% off, you get free shipping, and you get some seriously quality equipment. Manscaped.com. Together, we save balls. Neil, this um, kind of comes off the back of those comments by Dale Stain, this discussion. It's obviously a horrible time that we're experiencing in the world. And as Knuckles said, you know, these uh, rest and rotation periods aren't brought in to try and strengthen things cricket-wise. They're brought in to try and keep people in one piece, mentally and physically, as we go through a a very difficult year. But it is one of the happy, one of the very few happy things as a result of COVID this, isn't it? That people are getting some opportunities. There are a number of competing problems priorities here. First and foremost is the welfare of the players. If any player 
say Joe Roots um, had wanted to play the white ball leg of the India series, then he'd be spending three months in a bubble, which is just unsustainable. At the same time, England needs to play as many matches as possible to earn the money, which has been lost last year, and to continue to support English cricket domestically, which has been hit even harder because teams aren't able to afford the extra extra costs of playing in a COVID time. What we need to do at the same time is balance that off against the the quality of test cricket or international cricket so that that doesn't drop too far. And long term, the way that that will be done is by players starting to specialise a bit more and getting more opportunity, which this is going to um, give a huge chance to players who may have had to wait in line if the first choices were able to play every single match. One of the things that we've seen in the past is, you know, you pick a squad of 16, you maybe take a batsman for experience, but then the couple of injuries sees that bloke get his opportunity in the in the in the first eleven, Neil. And there's even more chance of that happening, isn't there? When you've got a squad of 25 potentially in a in a country, and you're on a long on a long tour, and you might get COVID even come coming into the equation. Hopefully not, but it's a factor. And um, that somebody that two years ago, 12 months ago, six months ago, was never expecting to get anywhere near that England team could suddenly find themselves with the three lions on the shirt. Also, what we spoke about the other day comes into play if you're taking a player away from franchise contracts to spend two months with the international team, there will be some some pressure um, that you're going to feel to get them out on the field because they're losing out on a, uh, a good contract to get a daily allowance uh, because they're not centrally contracted. So there'll be a view that we've got these players out here for two months give them the chance to show whether they can make it or not. India are rotating and resting to a degree, aren't they? Not probably quite to the same extent that England have had to because England have been going at this since almost the start of the summer um, back in England for the the West Indies series. Going to come to Knuckle in a second because Knuckle's done off the back of my three England sides, he's done his three Indian sides. Very much not just England that have got this strength in depth and probably India and England, I think, Neil, are are ahead of the game um, in terms of their ability to field three completely different different 11s if they, if they so wish to. I think that's true. Um, I think that there isn't the reliance on individual players. India obviously have a massive population and popularity um, step up on everyone else when you've got a nation of 1.5 billion and cricket is the most um, popular sport, then you have a lot of resources to to deal with. But even India were down to the bare bones when they were out in Australia. I mean, I think we were two injuries away from uh, Ravi Shastri donning the whites again. <laughs> and we'd taken, it must be about about 30 players over with us. It's going to be very, very important to manage players. And we've seen in the Sri Lanka tour of, um, of South Africa, because the players haven't had access to the same physical therapy, um, the same training, uh, the same conditioning. The first test there, Sri Lanka lost, I think, six bowlers to injury during the test match with four getting sent home. Yeah, I mean, um, it's, it's, definitely, gonna... it's definitely not just about opportunity. This, this is kind of the, the byproduct, isn't it? Because as you say, injuries, mental health, that is the reason we, we're in this situation. But the byproduct can be opportunity. And Knuckle, as I mentioned, you've done the same exercise as me. You actually said to me ahead of this podcast that you're inspired by me. There's not many people ever said that in this world that we, uh, that we live in. But Jonathan, quickly run through your three sides, the Test ODIs and T20 international sides that you've picked for India. Yeah, we'll do. I mean, just just on Neil's point very briefly, um, Natharajan, who 
started as a net bowler uh, on all three. Started as an injury replacement in the T20 squad and then a net bowler in the other two squads. Ended up making his debut in all three formats in uh, in that tour of, of Australia. And the, these opportunities do come around. And I was just thinking of a couple of names that you missed, who missed off the England list. Jake Ball, leading wicket taker in the last blast and uh, and has uh, got himself back in the England setup. Stephen Finn, maybe. Uh, and, and Joe Clark. Um, you know, there's, yeah. there's just three. Joe, really, Joe really Clark's one of my favourite young batsmen in the country. I think he's, he's an absolutely beautiful player when he gets going. Ben Code as well from Yorkshire. I get accused of Yorkshire bias knuckle, but I've missed Cody off. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, you know, Matt Fisher, Will Rhodes, there's plenty out there. But anyway, yes. So so I've gone for uh, so the, the test ODI and T2011s and a whole host of, I'm not going to go through the reserves because I wrote down 22 just kind of off the top of my <laughs> yeah. head, pretty much. Most of whom haven't yet debuted for, for India. But so I've, the slight caveat to this is I've, when it's been a choice between the ODI and the T2011s, for this year only, I've given the T20 team priority uh, because of the T20 World Cup and the one next year. So the Test 11 comes out with Shubman Gill and Mayank Agarwal at the top of the order. Jateshwar Pujara at number three. I've kept Virat Kohli in the Test squad as as captain at number four, purely because when when India have had the choice, they have rested him from the white ball format and not the test format. He's going on past form. Ajinkya Rahane, Ravindra Jadeja, Ar Ashwin, Ridhaman Saha, keeping, then a three-pronged pace attack of Ishant Sharma, Mohamed Siraj and Umesh Yadav. That's pretty close to a team that I actually think India have actually put out at some point. Uh, not yeah. too, not, it's not very far off. The ODI 11 has lost a few players to the to the test, to the T20 11, but it's still pretty strong. Shikhar Dhawan, who I've made captain, um, just as on seniority, opening with Prithvi Shaw, the Delhi boys, Ishan Kishan in their wicket-keeping, Shreyas Ayer, Manish Pandey, Vijay Shankar, Akshar Patel, the Cheher cousins, Deepak the seamer and Rahul the leg spinner, Mohamed Shami and Nathrajan, then the T20-11, I think all of whom, apart from Kuldeep, are in the squad that India have named for this uh, for the T20 leg of this series, Rohit Sharma captaining, opening with Kale Rahul, Sanju Samson, Surya Kumar Yadav, Actually, Sanju, Sanju Samson's not in the squad either, but anyway. Rohit Sharma, Kail Rahul, Sanju Samson, Surya Kumar Yadav, Risha Pant, keeping, Hardik Pandya, Washington Sundar, Bhuvneshwar Kumar, Kuldeep Yadav, Yuzvendra Chahel, just breathe the boomer. Yeah, I mean, it just, it just shows you. But I, I, we were talking, um, Knuckle, just prior to pressing record today, that England, India, it's actually not that difficult an exercise to do this, which I think just shows you. You're not, you're not kind of trying to pluck things from left field. You're not trying to shoehorn somebody into a situation that they shouldn't really be in. It's actually really a really easy exercise. And the fact that we've got so many reserves on the bottom of both lists to, for England and India, who could jump in tomorrow and nobody would really frown too much because they all are in the mix just shows you doesn't it just how many players that that India and England are producing at the moment yeah 100% I mean this took me 10 minutes yeah. To, to name those um, to name those three 11s and then maybe another 10 to come up with the and a tiny bit of googling to come up with the 22 reserves and really that was just for kind of just for a bit of fun really you know a number of these players in the reserve squads have played for India recently or in current squads obviously the IPL is a major factor in that for India and certainly in terms of the the experience that uh, white ball players are getting um, did, did, and the experience did, did, at the top did, level you didn't have my little mate Rahul Tuati in your teams either did you? no he's in my reserve list along with Varun Chakravarti Krunal Pandya, Hanuma Vihari, who's a test semi-regular, um, Shadur Thakur, Navdeep Saini. Uh, those, these are just the guys who've... Uh, Jayanth Yadav, Shabazz Nadeem. These are all the, those are the guys who've played international cricket. Even, even just those reserves, which is a flavour of your reserves there, that's nearly an 11 that you'd be quite happy to watch, isn't it? You know, there's, there's some proper cricketers out there. 
Flip side, I mean, the England-India, we've kind of gone over this, you know, loads and loads of strength and depth. But if you went to New Zealand, if you went to the West Indies, if you went to some of the other smaller countries, you're not going to get any, you know, it's going to be a much tougher exercise to do this, isn't it? I think New Zealand probably could because of the format specialisation. I did a piece a little while ago looking at if all the teams who qualified for the World T20 had their first 11s knocked out by for some, for some reason, what would you end up with? You can get most of the way down the four members without having to do too much, um, uh, scraping. Obviously, it's different when you're playing all three formats. As I said earlier, and as, as I've said on this podcast and others, the financial resources to be able to keep all of those players under contract and keep them all, as Neil was saying, at top physical condition and with the requisite level of preparation to come into international cricket and, and do well and thrive is not there at, uh, for for most for most teams. Uh, well, you, you, I think it was you or it was either you or Neil towards the start of this podcast today said, you know, you look at England's coaching setup currently out there in India, they've got pretty much a coach for every player <laughs> and, they, and they are proper coaches as well or, or very good former players. That That's not cheap, is it? The, during the summer of 2020, England did actually have separate coaching bubbles. Mm. They had a completely separate set of white ball and red ball coaches, which makes it all the more ridiculous, by the way, that England still don't have a full-time spin bowling coach, which is another article I've written. But uh, that's, that's a matter of priorities and where you put the money. Um, I understand that, but uh, it does seem a little bit weird. Yeah, no, that doesn't, that doesn't come cheap. The physiotherapy doesn't come cheap. All of the logistical stuff of, uh, you know, having these players be able to to move around properly. We, I mean, we've already seen, you know, this England, we're talking about England, when the likes of Johnny Bester and Mark Wood flew back to India, they had to take a seven-hour bus drive across across India and, and, and quarantine in, in conditions that weren't ideal, and there was all sorts of logistical challenges. And this is England, the you know, the second biggest board in the world in terms of, in terms of money. You know, these, these things are not small factors. Um, I mean, Sam, Sam Curran couldn't get back at all, could he? Yeah, that's quite right. Um, they England didn't feel that they could charter a flight for one person to come out for to come out for um, for that test match. <laughs> Even so, England probably aren't going to miss Sam Curran, despite the fact he's a very good cricketer. I just had an image there of Sam Curran just lying on on the on the plane that was just all his. Just to finish off with Sam, um, obviously this chat today stems from the, the comments that Dale Staines made about this being a genius move and that it might actually benefit England down the line in terms of their strength in in major global competitions as we go through the next sort of five, six, eight years. Can you see that happening? Can you see that the, the kind of the benefits of this experience, the benefits of this exposure, um, actually really benefit? benefiting England over the next sort of five or ten years. Yes. And I I really like this approach. I know I've talked about the mental health aspect of it, but also from a cricketing approach, it makes sense to have strength and depth. There's a lot of cricket to be played and the different formats are very different. So I think as many of course there are standout first choice players, but I don't think you necessarily devalue anything by giving other guys experiences and a a chance to learn. So I think England are doing it very well. Their hand might have been forced slightly, but I've I'm fully supportive of this rotational policy. That they've got a policy and they stick to it and they are giving more people because you don't know how someone is going to perform until they actually get the chance. And if it is just, if we just have a very fixed eleven as good as it might be, you you maybe miss out on some other players that just get a game and, and actually show that they can step up to the international level. So yeah, I, I agree with Dale staying. I think it would be interesting to see once the world's restrictions are 
are removed, whether England take it forward and start to be a bit more, bit more dynamic with their approach, or whether they return to status quo. It's another really big example of how cricket has changed over the years. Because when I first started watching cricket, um, England played almost the same 11 in Test match cricket as they did in the one day internationals. T20 wasn't around in those days. Yeah. So the number of sort of caps handed around were very few and far between because, you know, Ian Botham was your all round in the Test matches, you're all round in the one day internationals, full stop. Yeah. Other people didn't get the opportunity. But now, you know, in, in the current era, Ben Stokes is obviously the premier all-rounder, but you've got the likes of Lewis Gregory, Moeen Ali, Chris Wokes, all kind of getting opportunities and getting caps elsewhere. Yeah, Sam Curran as well. And yeah. Australia, were, Australia were quite early proponents of it. They, I, I seem to remember, I couldn't reel it off the top of my head, but I, I think they were the first ones to, to clock that you could play quite different sides because the different formats were so different, they shifted towards almost separate 11s. And I know, I mean, I know their test series has been cancelled, but they are, Justin Lane wasn't that happy about it, but they were meant to be running concurrent T20 and, and test series in separate places. Okay, you could make a, an argument that some, they're missing some of the test players that would also strengthen the T20 side. But you look at that T20 squad, you've got a couple of guys that have just gone for a million quid in the IPL auction out there. So um, you run through that Australia T20 squad, you don't think, oh, well, they're missing a bit of firepower or a few death bowlers. You, you look at it and go, wow, that is a serious lineup. So being dynamic, being flexible works for me. And it's good fun. As a fan, it's good. It's nice to see different people as well. It's you know, yeah, it's, it's all about opportunities, isn't it? And seeing a few different faces yeah. now and again. It just you know, variety is the spice of life. Sam, that, the very last point today on the podcast, I, I thought when I, I looked at this, you know, James Bracey yet to get out on the field for England, yet to actually make his international debut. I think he's a fine player, previous guest on the Cricket Badger podcast, so he has to be. There is a, a danger that some of these guys that are in these uh, bubbles at the moment, all, their only experience of playing for England or being in an England squad might be in bubble time and that's not necessarily the way you want to experience international cricket is it no and he is in particular has had a, a i mean you could say i mean unlucky there are worse things to be doing in life than touring with the england cricket team but it, you know it was great for example how they handled tom banton and actually going ah, we don't we would rather you went and play in a top tournament around the world than carry drinks or be a reserve in uh, for england so bracy is just it's unfortunate i suppose because wicket keepers are such a specialist position aren't they i suppose where banton does keep as well but you always need to have keepers around um so bracy in out of anything in life you're going to have winners and slight losers and i suppose bracy nothing can be perfect and is one example of where the system doesn't quite hasn't quite worked to its best but I'm sure he will get his chance and you never know as well Sam it might be the making of him because this experience he's had playing with or seeing a different side of cricket and it working with different coaches and stuff you never know how that's going to rub on to him when he gets back playing for well even England but certainly for Gloucestershire as we go further forward we're going to have to round it off there we have run out of time but it's a really fascinating subject and it is going to see it's going to be interesting as Sam says to see how international boards and, uh, and the selectors choose their score post-COVID to see if they retain some of the uh, potential benefits that we've talked about today in the Cricket Badger podcast. Sam, Knuckle and Neil, thank you very much indeed for joining me today. And of course, listeners, thank you very much to you too for tuning in in your ever-increasing numbers. And like the name suggests, it's the Test Daily and I'll be back with you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. We will be back every day during England's tour of India. Get in touch on at cricket underscore badger on Twitter. We hope you are enjoying the cricket. See you again tomorrow.
Social Podcast Network.